Welcome to the Sean Casey Show, a podcast for patriots. So who is Sean Casey? Why do you need to listen to this podcast? The upcoming threat to our freedoms, and still, an interview with David Harwitz, best-selling author of the new book, Blitz. Yeah, so I was born free, and you were born free, at least for the moment. Hi, I'm Sean Casey, and I've aptly named the Sean Casey Show. And welcome to the program. This is the first podcast, first episode. And a little background on yours truly. I've been a talk show host and programming talk radio for over 30 years in the Baltimore area. Uh, 27 years on the uh, Maryland's morning uh, wake-up call with Sean and Frank. And, of course, uh, with the latest being the morning drive with Casey and Elliot, uh, I describe myself as a constitutional conservative, meaning that that document is the greatest document in the history of the world. And we should be reading it more frequently and upholding it and protecting it and defending it. But unfortunately, so many of our elected officials, so many people in the media, and so many people outside in, in the country do not know what it says, don't know what's in it, don't know that they're losing a little bit of their freedom each and every day. This is incredible first 10 amendments called the Bill of Rights. We'll get into those a little bit later on in this podcast and in future podcasts. But again, the most important of these amendments is the Second Amendment. We'll tell you why coming up a little bit later on in the program. So as a constitutional conservative, I'm most interested in holding both parties accountable, Republicans and Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, I want people to follow the Constitution. I want people to uphold the law. Above all else, we are a nation that is based in law. And if we don't have law and order, then we will have absolute chaos and anarchy. We're seeing that play out in our streets on a daily basis. More on that in just a moment as several of our civil liberties and our freedoms are under attack. They're under assault each and every day. And unless you stand up to the bully, unless you stand up for law and order, well, you're going to get run over. And we see it happening all the time, from the West Coast to the heartland and to the East Coast as well. So why do I call it a podcast for patriots? Well, it's called a podcast for patriots for several reasons. One, I think we need more people who are patriots, who are patriotic, who believe still that America is exceptional that America is still the land of the free and home of the brave. Do we have flaws? Sure, we have flaws. That's why we say we need to create a more perfect union. But don't forget, in our Declaration of Independence and in our founding documents, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are the declaring values that our forefathers, and yes, they were good men. They were flawed men. Nobody is perfect. But they gave us the, the best freest country in the world. And so let's keep it that way. And that's what this podcast is really going to be devoted on. Uh, We're going to do it five days a week, and we'll uh, we'll have interviews with, uh, you know, experts and leading authors, elected officials. Uh, Today, coming up a little bit later on in the podcast, we'll be talking with David Harwitz. David Harwitz, a former radical leftist. And he'll tell you why he left 
that life, that ideology, and why he became a conservative. His new book is called Blitz, How Trump Will Smash the Left and Win, and we'll talk with David here in just a little bit. But again, for 44 years on terrestrial radio, on AM and FM, I've been bringing this kind of message and, and delivering these kinds of values and wishes for our listeners. But now it comes time that our younger generation, because let's face it, not everybody listens to AM and not everybody listens to FM radio. Uh, but now podcasts, digital platforms, they are the way of the future. And so this is what we're going to be talking about. This is what we're going to be doing five days a week, starting today, Monday through Friday, tackling the topics and the issues and the special guests, including newsmakers and, as I said, elect officials and experts. And again, you can always reach me. We don't have any interactive uh, phones yet. It might come down to the down the pike in the in the near future. But you can always contact me by email at the Sean Casey Show at gmail.com. That's the Sean Casey Show at gmail.com. And don't forget, if you're in Baltimore or you can listen on stream on the World Wide Web, and, and it's WCBM AM six eighty in Baltimore. I'm on from six to nine each and every weekday morning. That's Eastern Standard Time, uh, as it is right now. Uh, or you can stream us, uh, or you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Sean680 and on the Facebook page for The Sean Casey Show, uh, which is up and running as we speak. So these are the kinds of things we're going to be talking about. And if you have any, uh, I'd love to feedback, input from you. Uh, love to hear from you. Love to get uh, your input into the show and get your thoughts, whether you agree or disagree. If you'd like to debate something, uh, I will answer all the emails, and I might even share some of them right here on this podcast as well. So that being said, let's get to some of the uh, the news of the day. And and first, I want to start with the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights, written by James Madison, these are the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. You know, there was great debate about the Bill of Rights. Initially, James Madison, one of our founding fathers, he actually wrote 17 amendments. And he sent them to Congress, and then Congress looked them over, and some they agreed with, some they disagreed with. They ended up with uh, sending 12 amendments to the states for ratification. Out of those 12, 10 were passed by the states, individual states, and that's how we ended up with the Bill of Rights, the 10 first amendments to the Constitution of the United States. And as I said earlier, the first 10, uh, again, we've got in First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, uh, the right of the people to peaceably assemble. And what we have now going on in Portland and in Seattle and Chicago and some of the other areas where there are riots and we have Marxists and Antifas, uh, Antifa organizations and other Marxist organizations that are seeking to overthrow the government and to destroy capitalism, to take down our economy and destroy our way of life. For what? Something that they believe will never, ever exist. Utopia. In fact, socialism, Marxism, communism, whatever you want to call it, it has failed miserably everywhere it has been tried. Look it up. The Soviet Union, uh, Cuba. They're still driving 50s cars in Cuba. That's how wonder we keep hearing wonderful things about the Cuban healthcare system. Well, look at the cars they're driving right now, and look at the rest of it. And of course, a Cuban cigar, every once in a while, somebody does something right. But socialism, whether it's Venezuela or Cuba or the former Soviet Union, uh, it fails miserably. Now, some might say, well, but Sean, it works in Europe. Well, it, it sort of kind of works, but here you have, to, you have to remember one thing. They don't spend a heck of a lot of money on their defense. Who is it that comes rushing to the 
uh, aid and assistance of other countries during world wars, World War I, World War II. Who was it that eventually helped to win World War II? Yes, we had allies. The French helped us in our Revolutionary War. We returned the favor in World War II and World War I. But without the United States, without our great uh, military, the greatest armed forces in the world, it would not have been possible. So, again, without that military, you don't have these rights. You don't have the, uh, the Ten Amendments that you can look to. And, and with the Second Amendment, which I believe is the most important amendment of them all, why? Because the other amendments uh, are meaningless unless you have a mechanism to make sure that the government can, can't come in in a tyrannical fashion and stomp all over you. So the Second Amendment gives you the right to keep and bear arms. Shall not be infringed. So we'll be talking a lot about the Bill of Rights and the Constitution on this podcast here on this first episode. Uh, we certainly appreciate you uh, you downloading. And if you like what you hear, uh, give us a good review on all the digital platforms, whether it's uh, you know Apple or Spotify uh, or however you listen to the Sean Casey Show, a podcast for Patriots. So we want to talk about some of these freedoms that, unfortunately, we have been so quick to give away, to let erode during this most recent pandemic. Remember the 15 days to slow the spread? Well, now it's more like 155 days. And yes, the spread has slowed, but we still have our rights being violated each and every day. For instance, just recently, the state of Wisconsin forcing employees to wear masks at home alone during Zoom meetings. That's right. Wisconsin state government forcing government employees to wear masks while at home, even if you are in your own home even if you are by yourself. Does this make sense? Of course not. The government can't mandate that. That You are secure in your persons, in your houses, in your papers. That's in the Fourth Amendment. So we'll get to that a little bit later on as well. But the uh, the mandates of masks, these are, these are power-hungry, power-drunk, elected officials, unelected bureaucrats that are mandating, mandating these kinds of things. And each time you give away a little bit of that freedom, they get emboldened. Uh, and I think it's a mistake that we have so many of these state assemblies and legislatures and general assemblies giving these kinds of powers, emergency powers to governors, to mayors. Uh, and when's the last time you, you've ever seen a country quarantine the healthy? That's what we're that's what we've done here. We're quarantining the healthy and not the sick the way it should be. We should be protecting the most vulnerable. We should be quarantining the sick, and the rest of us should be going about our everyday lives with the necessary protocols and precautions so we get to herd immunity so that we can, because we have to live with this virus, even when the vaccine's here, we're still going to have to live with this virus for, for a little bit. It's important to know what inalienable rights are. Inalienable rights are rights that are natural rights, rights that are divined from God. That's right, from God. These are natural rights. These are not rights given to you by man, given to you by government. In fact, recently on the 4th of July, President Trump referred to this concept in his speech. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of of Independence, they invoked our creator, four times because in america we don't worship government we worship god we don't worship government we worship god and yet you can go to walmart you can go to lowe's you can go to any big box store you can go riot you can go protest you can go to these large gatherings you can go outdoors you can go to picnics and so on and so forth but you can't go to church 
You can't go to synagogue. You can't go to your mosque. This is a violation of the First Amendment. This should never uh, be allowed to happen. And, you know, former President Reagan, I've had two great presidents in my lifetime, the current one uh, and, of course, uh, uh, number 40, uh, which was Ronald Wilson Reagan. He talked about these freedoms, how fragile it is, how you have to embrace embrace it. You have to fight for it for every with every generation for every generation. So from the greatest generation that fought World War II to Generation Z, who's coming up now learning about these kinds of freedoms, here's what President Reagan said. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. What it once was like in America when men were free. It's happened to other countries. Believe you me, it has happened to other countries. Other countries uh, did taste freedom for a while, and then slowly but surely, they gave those freedoms away. They gave them back. And totalitarian regimes were installed, authoritarian regimes, and now they don't have the kinds of freedoms that we hear of in the United States. So that's the reason why I started this podcast. Because each and every day, you and I are going to meet here, and we're going to battle for our freedoms, our civil liberties, our inalienable rights. In New York, we've got Red Bill de Blasio. Uh, again, he, of course, a, uh, an avowed Marxist, loves Marxism. Uh, here's uh, just an example of a kind of freedoms that you lose a little bit. In New York, where recently Bill de Blasio, the mayor, set up checkpoints for people that are visiting New York. Starting today, we're going to do something new in New York City. We will have checkpoints at key entry points to the city. Travelers coming in from those states will be given information about the quarantine, they will be reminded that it is required, not optional. They'll be reminded that failure to quarantine is a violation of state law, and it comes with serious penalties. In fact, under certain circumstances, the fines can be as high as $10,000. So this is serious stuff, and it's time for everyone to realize it. If we're going to hold at this level of health and safety in the city and get better, we have to deal with the fact that the quarantine must be applied consistently to anyone who's traveled. Now, remember, quarantine for sick people, yeah, I get that. You get that. I think that's a common sense. But quarantining the healthy, telling people that they can't go from point A to point B, that there are checkpoints, there'll be guards, there'll be law enforcement officers telling you, uh, and what's next? We're going to be knocking on your door, he says. We're going to send law enforcement. Law enforcement says, yeah, send your uh, elected officials, send your stu- uh, stooges to go knock on the doors because we're not doing it because it's unconstitutional. He does not have that power to do it. He can't do it, yet he's getting away with it. Why is he getting away with it? Because most of us don't know or follow the Constitution. Then you have another unconstitutional governor. This is Ned Lamont, the state of Connecticut. Listen to what he's talking about here uh, for people who defy his mandates and orders. So we have uh, two folks who uh, flew back to Connecticut, um, one from Louisiana, one from Florida. Neither of them filled out the form. They're paying a $1,000 fine. Uh, One of them didn't fill out the form and uh, refused to quarantine. And uh, we were noticed by uh, a workmate of that person, and uh, they're paying an additional $1,000 for uh, violating the quarantine. 
You didn't fill out a form? Oh, that's an automatic. That's an automatic. thousands of dollars in fines. Because you know, we're releasing inmates. I guess masks don't work in jail. We're releasing inmates all over this country because of coronavirus concerns. And again, if masks work, why aren't you masking the inmates to protect them from the inmate population? No, they're being released on the streets. We have convicted felons. We have people that have gone out and murdered and raped and killed people, assaulted people. They've been let out on the streets, but if you don't fill out your form, if you don't have your papers, uh, you're going to jail or you're going to pay a big fine. This is not America. This is not the United States of America. It's some facsimile when you let these, uh, again, mostly Democrats. There are a few Republicans. Let me get to one in Maryland here in just a second where I live. But they get power drunk, and they get caught up on statistics. We've got, we got to flatten the curve. I wish they were as interested as uh, herd immunity as they were flattening the curve. In the state of Maryland, Governor Hogan has set up a snitch line. That's right, a government hotline for people and neighbors to report on each other if, God forbid, they're not physical distancing, if they're not wearing a mask. I think it was uh, in Illinois. I'd have to check my, my facts on this a little bit, but I think it was Illinois where a, um, a store manager, people walked into the store and either took their masks off, they weren't wearing masks, and they slipped by, and they told them they had to be wearing masks. And what they do? Did they kick them out? They ask them to leave? No. They close the doors, lock the doors, call the police. Two people. Two people arrested for not wearing the mask. I'm sorry, I was in California. In Costa Mesa. Just came into my head. This is not America. These are our freedoms and our liberties and our rights. And again, when you look at it, People have to work. People have to put bread on the table. People have to provide for their families. And yet this whole idea of essential versus non-essential, it is nonsense. We are all essential. We're human beings. People have, Yeah, there are some people that are prioritized because they're first responders uh, or they need to be uh, running the infrastructure and the things that keep the power, the lights on, and so on and so forth. But teachers are essential. They should be back in school. And then we have people that want to go to work and provide for their families, like these gym owners in, uh, in New Jersey. The gym owners in New Jersey had opened up their gym, defying the New Jersey governor, Phil Murphy, again, a Democrat. And so what did they do? They sent the cops in to shut them down, to arrest them, to fine them. And this is their livelihood. This is how they pay their bills. This is how they feed their children. Uh, Here's the owner of the New Jersey gym, the Atlas Gym. If we don't push back now, we're not going to have anything to push back on because they violated all of our constitutional rights. Um, the Constitution, you know, basically says that they, they don't have any regulation over commerce. Yeah. So, again, it's a, I, I tell you, as Lindsey Graham likes to put it repeatedly. Somebody needs to go to jail for this. Yeah, and it's not us. We're not the ones that should be going to jail. It's the people who defy the Constitution. They're the ones we should be holding their feet to the fire. So, again, remember what President Reagan said. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. One generation away from extinction. And that's what this podcast is all about. Again, remember, we're on all digital uh, uh, podcast platforms. Uh, we get your feedback at the Sean Casey Show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, SeanCasey680. And uh, coming up, an interview with a very important man. This is an incredible guy. 
Uh, he lives now in California. He's uh, 81 years old. He's seen it all. He's been through the last time we did this, this kind of violence in the 60s from uh, the radical left and trying to overthrow the government and create chaos and upheaval. Uh, coming up, uh, my exclusive interview uh, with David Horowitz. Our next guest on the Newsmaker Hotline is David Horowitz, a conservative thinker and writer who's authored dozens of books over the course of his uh, lifetime. He began his political career as one of the founders of the New Left in the 60s, served as the editor of the largest magazine, Ramparts. And as he described in his best-selling autobiography, Radical Son, David was forced to confront some very difficult truths about the political left uh, after a tragedy that affected him. David, let's start there. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, let, let's start there and, and how uh, you came to be a conservative. What changed? What affected you well, in I, such a profound I way? The, uh, the left propaganda um, that America was a racist society, which it wasn't. Uh, and I raised a lot of money for the Black Panther Party, which was a uh, murderous street gang, although I didn't realize it any more than these idiot millennials tearing up our cities realized what Black Lives Matter is actually about, or Antifa. Um, and uh, I, I bought a church, turned it into a learning center, for the party, it was really the hub of their activities. Um, and I recruited my bookkeeper at Ramparts to keep the books of the school because I, I thought, the again, I believed our propaganda, the racist state would shut them down if they didn't keep good books. Actually, the opposite is the case. Um, and they murdered this woman. She was mother of... 42 years old herself and the mother of three children, one of whom worked for me as well. Um, and then I saw what happened in Vietnam, where the left pretends to be, it tends to be for peace and justice and being anti-war. Of course, it's none of those. It's anti-American is what it is. Um, so they left succeeded in driving America out of Vietnam, and the communists proceeded to slaughter two and a half million Indo-Chinese peasants. There wasn't one demonstration against that. And that showed me that the people, the movement I had was part of was evil. The same movement that Barack Obama grew up in and never left. And a lot of the leaders of the Democratic Party, it's the same way. And that, that turned me into a conservative in a minute, we're going to talk about your excellent new book, uh, Blitz, uh, Trump Will Smash the Left and, and Win. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's a New York Times bestseller beside, uh, in spite of all the, uh, the media blackout. But before we get to that, uh, we're seeing violence on our streets. You, you've referenced that uh, in Portland and Seattle, much on the left coast, some of it here on the east coast. And, of course, there were violence in, uh, in, in the 60s. As you mentioned, Vietnam, there was an anti-war movement. Yeah, but in the 60s, these were fringe people. Even at Ramparts, I wrote an editorial attacking the Weather Underground for their violence. Um, you know, Martin Luther King led these demonstrations. There was no looting. Everybody was dressed in a suit. They weren't dressed in ninja outfits with uh, helmets and the machetes. Um, it, it was, although there were... I think there were 170 bombings. It was relatively benign. Also, it wasn't supported by the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is supporting the communists in the streets who are destroying our country. 
this is a, our country is in great peril. The Democrat Party is an anti-American party. It's a racist party. Um, you know, you just have, what is the cause of these riots? It's alleged racism. Four officers in Minneapolis, where there isn't a Republican in sight, as is true in most of these cities that are erupting, they're all Democrat-run. Uh, four officers have been charged with murder. No investigation, no grand jury. Just charged with murder. One of them, the guy who actually arrested George Floyd, is an African-American. Another is an Asian-American. How does race factor into that? doesn't. There was no racial issue here. They, uh, as you know, uh, Keith Ellison, who spent 11 years uh, being uh, Louis Farrakhan's uh, promoter um, and is now an Antifa supporter, but also Attorney General, thanks to the Democrat Party's embrace of him, I think he was a DNC head for a while. Ellison um, uh, suppressed the video that shows the actual arrest. If you look at it, you see a very disturbed individual high on drugs. He had lethal doses of fentanyl, which suppresses your breathing capacity. He was already saying, I can't breathe, before anybody put a knee on his neck. He couldn't follow an order for 10 seconds um, because he was totally in a paranoid state from the... He also had methamphetamines in him, and he's a career criminal. He's a very powerful, physically powerful human being. If you watch those officers, there's no malice. They treat him the way they would treat any any suspect, white or black. Um, they, they, you know, they're just trying to get him under control because he's a danger to himself and to them. This is the biggest hoax, racial hoax in the history of our country that set our cities on fire. And it's the Democrat Party that's responsible. Talking with David Horowitz, the best-selling author of Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. More on his book in just a second. Uh, you mentioned Weather Underground, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, and Antifa filling the streets here in, in 2020. Uh, you are familiar with the Black Panthers, obviously. You just mentioned that in the Weather Underground. Is there a difference between these movements, or is these are just natural yeah, the offshoots? The Panthers were a street gang, and they had a lot of it. You know, it's pretty similar in the publicity they had. But the, this Black Lives Matter is supported by the Democrat Party, by Hollywood. They have hundreds of millions of dollars in large corporations which have no allegiance to our country. Uh, uh, pouring money into their coffers. They're very powerful. As I say, the, the, the weather people, they were the terrorists then. Um, they were marginalized. The people on the left didn't support them, uh, let alone the Democrat Party. But now the terrorists are supported by Nancy Pelosi. When, when Trump, you know, after these seditious Democrat mayors, these criminals, running these large cities like, uh, you know, Seattle and Portland and Atlanta, uh, when they won't protect their courthouses, it won't protect their citizens, Trump sends in, you know, agents of our government, our Democrat, democratic government, um, and Nancy Pelosi calls them stormtroopers and Nazis. And so does this jerk James Clyburn, uh, who was the head of the Black Caucus, the guy who anointed Biden, um, and he, he's calling them terrorists. In other words, the Democratic Party is in full-throated defense of criminals in the streets who are 
committing violence, destroying billions of dollars of property, killing people, setting fires to buildings, destroying neighborhoods. Uh, that's where the Democrat Party is today. God help us if they get elected in November. Oh, and speaking of that, you've got uh, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, now quarantining the healthy, and, uh, and he's establishing checkpoints. Uh, in he's an America-hating communist. You know, everybody on the right is way too polite uh, in dealing with these people. Karen Bass, who's the head of the Black Caucus and was the speaker of the California Assembly, and is on the short list of three people to be vice president, which means president, since Biden is uh, incompetent. Uh, this Karen Bass, uh, they, you know, they, they describe her as a Castro sympathizer. Much worse than that. She was a leader. She was an operative in, in the Vince Ramos brigades, which was a Cuban intelligence operation designed to get Americans... Uh, left-wing Americans to spy on America and advance Castro's war against us. She's also a Maoist. She was, uh, you know, in an organization called Line of March and another rectification, uh, and a member of the Communist Party. For crying out, Diaz, this is an American traitor, and the Democrat Party has her on the short list to be president of the United States, basically. And in your in your city, yeah, in your city, you have uh, Eric the Red Garcetti, who now is threatening to shut off power and water to people because they might have large gatherings in their homes. Yeah, well, we have totalitarian. You know, I, I have a website, TrumpPageMagazine dot com, and and the motto that I created for it is inside every progressive or inside every liberal is a totalitarian screaming to get out. The Democrat Party is a communist party these days. I say this, I grew up in the communist movement. There's not an iota difference between them, except that everything is based on race for the Democrats. The communist and this idea of the proletariat was the revolutionary party. That's so, the only difference. So Ronald Reagan... Uh, saw what was happening to his party, to the Screen Actors Guild, to Hollywood. He saw the communist threat. He decided he had to do something. You have seen the same over the course of your lifetime. You've now written this excellent book, uh, Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. Uh, what inspired you to come out with this great book here right before this election? Well, I, you know, I made it my business. I left the left, whatever it is now, I... 40, 50 years ago, but I, I, I dedicated myself to fighting the left because I knew from the inside how malevolent and evil it was. Um, so it, it was a natural evolution of that. Um, my previous Bush book, um, Dark Agenda, The War to Destroy Christian America, is about the divisions in our society. I watched the left take control of the Democrat Party over a 50-year period and destroy our school system. Um, unfortunately, I wrote five books about the left's takeover of the universities and converting them into indoctrination centers and, and hate America leftism. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't get the proper attention from the Republican Party, which controls enough purse strings in the university system to have affected that. Uh, so, you know, that's these millennials out there, they're idiots. They don't know anything about American history at all. 
Um, and you have the New York Times in the lead defacing our history, claiming that, you know, slavery is our heritage instead of freedom. Um, this sedition is what I call it. But it's really treason that the Democrat Party is playing with. When you, you can't form a resistance in a democracy to a duly elected president as they did with Trump. The last time there was a resistance to an elected president, and of course he was elected with minority votes, was, uh, I, I mean, he didn't get the majority of the popular vote, was Abraham Lincoln in 1860. What Nancy Pelosi has done is to attack the, our country at its root, attack our Constitution, lie, accuse our president of treason, without not only without any evidence, they knew the evidence was made up, as we now know from these investigations. Do you believe, David, that... A lot of that... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you believe that this violence we're seeing in the streets of, of Portland and Seattle and elsewhere throughout uh, the country, do you believe this is going to propel Donald Trump to a landslide win this fall? Yeah, that's sure. It's going to be the law and order president. Look, people, what are versus the criminals whom the Democrats are supporting? They're even letting them out of jail, using the COVID as an excuse to let violent criminals out of jail and to prey on innocent people. And it'll be mainly black people. Poor blacks in the inner cities and other chief, chief victims of this. But what people want from their government, first and foremost, no matter what their ideology, is safety and security. And, you know, with the Democrat Party dismantling police department, I, I mean, did you see this uh, Gallup poll? I, I think it just came out either yesterday or today. 81% of African-Americans do not want a single policeman cut from the police forces. <laughs> That's their own protection against the criminals. And, uh, you know, and, uh, among many unmentionable facts in our society is that there's a, a black crime wave. Fifty percent of violent crimes are committed by blacks. who are, Black males are six percent of the population. Um and who do they prey on? Ninety-five percent of their victims are black. So what the Democrat Party has done is, when you see you know statistics like the murder rates going up a hundred percent or the robberies or whatever, those are the victims. Poor blacks. Black Lives Matter doesn't give a damn about black lives. If they did, <laughs> they would be shutting down the abortion mills that Planned Parenthood has deliberately put in the center of black communities because it found that Margaret Sanger was a racist who wanted to eliminate black people. You know, President Trump has so recently... In our country. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt. Um, no, President Trump uh, has recently been really hitting hard these Democrat-run cities like Baltimore, Los Angeles, New York, you yeah. name it, for the, they've been Democrat-run and mismanaged for 50 years. And yeah. we're seeing some of the some right. Uh, we're seeing uh, some of the poll numbers now beginning to uh, you know to sink in. Like uh, black folk want the same thing as white folk. They want to raise their families. They want to be safe. They want to be secure. They don't want to be victimized on a daily basis. Is this a winning issue for the president? Totally. They already got 20% of the black vote. Uh, look, a black in America is freer, has more rights, more privileges, more opportunities, 
and move well. And the blacks, the blacks anywhere in the world, including all of Black Africa and Black, uh, the Black West Indies, for crying out to you. America is an incredible gift to black people. And we are so beyond, except for the Democrat Party and what it's done for the last 50 years, we are beyond racism. Everybody knows that. You just, just have to turn on your television, look at the ads. They're all integrated. You know, it's like big companies don't want to lose business. If America had a lot of races, if they would never run these ads, would they? Black men, white women, white men, black women, white couples, black children. <laughs> Go on and on. Yeah, you so cover just every other ad. Just about every combination, that's for sure. The website, yeah. frontpagemag.com. Uh, David Harwich, the book is called Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. David, thanks so much for sharing some time with us here today. All right, thanks for having me. And that's the first episode of the Sean Casey Show, a podcast for patriots. If you like what you hear, please leave a good review. Have any questions, email me at the Sean Casey Show at gmail.com. Next episode, Sean Hannity, live free or die.